The Recalibrated Podcast is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Okay. All right, guys, we are back on the Recalibrated Podcast. I'm with a totally new friend. We've never met, um, although I'm looking at her face and I, when she signed on our Zoom call, I said, oh my gosh, I love your hair. She's got beautiful blonde curly hair and a smile that's just bright as can be. Her name's Madison Brown. And she, um, I learned of her, I actually have no idea. She plays professional soccer. She's in her first um, committed team. She's been overseas in Spain for 10 months and she's newly transitioned into the realm of professional sports. So. I'm learning about her. You're going to learn her a lot of her storyline and kind of what God has been teaching her in this season. And it's, it's, it's words that you're going to want to listen to and cling on to because it's a perspective um, from a 24 year old woman that I don't think we hear enough. So I'm just really eager to share her story and um, also learn alongside you a little bit more about Madison Brown. So Madison, thank you for being on. I appreciate it so much. And um, yeah, tell us more, do yourself some justice in the sense, let's learn all about Maddie. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Mallory. It is my honor to be here. Um, I find just what you're about so encouraging. And I think that's how I connected. I like to follow encouraging things on Instagram. And there we go. So um, yeah, I am Maddie. I am currently in Zaragoza, Spain, or how they say it, Zaragoza. Um, I play for Zaragoza Football Femenino Club. Um, and yes, this is my debut professional soccer season. Um, rewind two years or my whole life, I would have never thought I would be here in Spain or playing professional soccer. I have loved the game of football since I was three. Um, and yeah, it just it took me to uh, my dream college, which is actually a small Christian university in Southern California. And it was my dream because I wanted to go somewhere that had a nursing program. It had a soccer program and that um, like at the core of the university was um, like a biblical foundation. And so I got to go to school and um, learn about Jesus, meet amazing people that I still call awesome friends. And um rounding the end of my senior year of nursing school, I just really felt like I wasn't done with soccer. And um, with the fact that I went to a, a division two, very small private school, I, I didn't think it was within my, you know, future to go play pro, but I um, just, the Lord had been opening doors long before um, I even had the thought. And next thing I know, I'm going to a tryout. I meet my agent and he says, I got you on a team. Um, so I am here. I am a registered nurse. And so I'm very excited one day to get to do that. Um, and yeah, just in all things, like I believe I am here because the Lord has a purpose for me here in his kingdom, um, whether that's if one person gets to know the savior of their soul it is worth it um I like to say I am a missionary disguised as a soccer player <laughs> because he's given me these gifts and I would just like to return them back to him 
Um, I love that so much. One thing you just touched on, which is so interesting, um, and if anybody's listening is younger, high school, pursuing athletics in college, I think this is important. And I'd love to hear your wisdom on it because I played a sport in college as well. I had the wrong narrative of you have to play division one or else it doesn't count. And that was pressure put on myself. It wasn't for my parents. Um, what did you tell your, I mean, did you buy into that lie at times? Like, Oh, if I don't go D one, I won't ever go pro or ever, you know, cause field hockey really, there isn't a much of a pro league beyond yeah. college. Um, nor, nor was I qualified. I don't think to do that, but I think it's, it's so defeating for a lot of these women who want to play athletics in college and think that D two D three or club isn't enough. Like, what would you say to those girls that are in like the search for collegiate athletics? Um, but are getting like a lot of pushback from division one schools and are just having a hard time accepting a lower tiered program. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, and it's something I learned about along the way. I mean, when I was, I think I committed to Biola my junior year of high school and the week after I committed, just, I had found out a big, um, division one team had asked about me and, um, and at that point, I wasn't really thinking about going pro, but also just wanting to strive for the highest I could get. Um, but yeah, something in me just knew that like I, I, I would say choose the school that is going to like be the best for all aspects of your life, not just soccer. And like even down to the coach, they could be recruiting you, but maybe they won't be there the year you show up. And so, um, yeah. And I also think that, hey, if your dream is to play your sport beyond college, um, I don't think God is limited to, <laughs> like, there's nothing that limits God. He could take someone who plays for a tiny unknown school and allow them to play professionally. Um and so I think like that is the key right there. And that's a big thing that I look back on and say, wow, Lord, it's so faithful to me because I did say that I verbalized that so many times, like, oh, I'm going to try to play pro, but I mean, I go to a small school, so I doubt it. Um, but then he just completely blew me out of the water. And so, yeah, that's my thing. Um, I just think it's important to remember that the powerful God we serve and that there's nothing impossible in our stories that, um, you know, he can't fulfill those, those crazy dreams. Yeah. I think it's such a good word. Cause I think what can happen to a lot of females pursuing college, um, collegiate athletics, rather you can buy into the identity trap that division one defines you yeah. even as a Christian, it's just so easy. And I was not a Christian pursuing college and I fell into it so hard. And it was almost such a prideful thing to say, oh, I played D1 athletics. Cool. No one cares in theory, like nobody cares. And I just think I just, for those, especially who know the Lord and um, understand him in character, like please a school nor a tier of athletics ever will define you. And to Maddie's point and your life, like if God intends for it, he will follow through. It just might not look like the typical path that many take. Um, okay, cool. I just, I think that's so helpful because I do think so many younger girls right now just are, are missing, um, are missing joy in where God wants them. And they're trying to like mm -hmm. bend against the world's narratives for all the wrong reasons. Again, even the ones that claim Jesus, it's just, it's heartbreaking. So I think that's just a great nugget of truth for them to remember God is faithful. And if it's in your, um, 
storybook of life, which he's already written, he'll get you there. It just, it's going to come on his timing and with his placement of things. Okay. Total tangent, but I think a necessary one. Um, I would love to know, even for my sanity, sanity, my sake, um, what is your walk with the Lord? Um, how do you describe it now? Um, and how did it take root? Where did it start from? Yeah. So I'm very, very blessed to say that I um, grew up in a home that loved Jesus, um, and prioritized Jesus. Uh, it was never forced upon me, but the environment was such that like, I wanted to know more. And so, um, yeah, I think I accepted the Lord into my heart as my savior around the age of six with my mom with as much as like what I knew. Um, but I would say like, when you say your walk with Jesus, I would describe it as it has been a walk and it's been a walk through a lot of different seasons where he's teaching me more about him. He's asking me to trust him more. And what I've learned is like, there will always be more to learn about God. And that is just the craziest thing. Um, because I went to a, a private Christian school growing up until high school and then to in college. And yet here I am in a foreign country learning something new about him every day. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, I look back on my life and like my, if I were to say my testimony overall, um, I think in high school, I was deceived with the lie that I didn't have one. And someone very important in my life said, it's not what you have done or have, have or have not done it is what God has done. And he's protected you your whole life. And that is my testimony that like the Lord has just drawn me in my whole life. And so um, and wa- and we've walked together through, you know, triumphs and trials. And right now, being in Spain, it's just caused or it's like allowed for like a new sweetness in my relationship with the Lord. Um, one thing about playing professional sports overseas, I, at least I speak for myself, is that it can be like a lonely um, or yeah, so like I right now in my schedule, especially in the midst of COVID, is I do have a lot of free time outside of the soccer field and the gym. And so, yeah, it's just like, I feel like over the last 10 months, the Lord has become like this friend um, who has asked me to abide in him. And not just like one of my favorite things about this whole experience is that I don't have to rush anywhere in the morning. I can sit and drink my coffee dig deep in the, with the Lord and like not just abide in that time but to continue to take that into my day um and so and yeah another thing I was thinking of is like just like I'm not a citizen of Spain um I feel like sometimes as a Christian like we are citizens of heaven and so therefore we are strangers to this world and sometimes that looks like making decisions that cause you to walk on the narrow road which oftentimes is lonely and so even a big part of my experience here in Spain is I literally go on walks (laughs) sometimes more than once a day and and it's with the Lord I'm never alone physically yes but with the Lord whether listening to worship or um you know just praying and it's been like a really sweet practice and just season um of my faith and my walk with the Lord. Um, 
<clears throat> that's incredible. I will tell you um, that morning rhythm of just like not having to rush anything mm -hmm. is, I would, I would give a lot to have that. Mine is structured because of my life with three little kids and um, it's sweet because it's, it's, it's uninterrupted with intention because it's early, but when you've got margin for just like sitting still and like not rushing the studying of his word or praying or just like being present. I mean, these, this 10, that 10, this 10 month season or whatever it looks like will, will indefinitely, indefinitely, like just so tenfold into your future, because it's like, this is like, it just sounds like mm -hmm. based on the time you're given, which seems like a lot in solitude. Um, it's like a critical spiritual formation season for you, which is, uh, I have great envy for that because it's so necessary, especially before marriage and before being a mom, if that's something you want to do, it's just, um, yeah, that's a beautiful gift that God's given you above the lane of professional soccer. Um, okay. So you mentioned to me off the grid and I would just, I'm eager to hear your heart on it. Um, just the, just what God's been teaching you in the season of singleness and you're, you're definitely in it in the sense with like, you're, you're also solo because of all things COVID and, and you're in a foreign country. There's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties and what has he highlighted to you around all things singleness in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. It's definitely a topic I've become passionate about over the past few years. Um, when I was younger, I think I even verbalized, I will be married by 23 and here I am at 24, but I can honestly say for me, I am so thankful I'm not married because I know those last few years of my life have just been like such a um, growing and molding season for me in my walk with the Lord. That if I had been married then, I don't know, you know, if I would be ready for that. Um, but yeah, the most, like the biggest thing for me that the Lord's been teaching me is that singleness is not a waiting room to get to marriage. It is not a time to wait for life to get exciting. Right now, I have the biggest opportunity to join the Lord on this grand adventure that he has planned for me. And I think, um, I mean, yeah, it's also an opportunity to study relationships and what that looks like um, in like God's view. And, and that might look like listening to podcasts reading books I am very passionate about like preparing for that one day so I'm so excited but I also know that maybe I wouldn't be here in Spain if um, the Lord had not given me this gift of singleness right now my life could look totally different um but yeah I just think it's such an opportunity to just seize like the gift that is right in front of us we might as well take advantage of it um and so, yeah, I think there's just like such a risk for a lot of young women to just be waiting around and, um, you know, kind of just waiting for our man to pop up on our doorstep. But I think it's like when we go out and we're living and we're following the will of God that like one day that will unfold, that we will have this amazing story to tell maybe our future spouse about those years we've lived in our singleness. And another thing is like, yeah, I think a lot about the story one day right now that I'm going to tell my future husband and I want to live in my singleness in a way that's going to honor him and honor the Lord at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, and it's just a great time to like put all, I think I said this to you before, but 
like put all the tools in the toolkit we can, um, you know, for one day, that season of life. I mean, you're so wise. I just, again, like you will see one day when married life accelerates and you can't be selfish with your time, even with the Lord, like, um, you can pursue God, of course, but then you have a new hierarchy that takes root and you have to honor your husband and dedicate time to him. So you just will watch rhythms change. And I just love that you see it not as like a pity season of you're not where you thought you'd be, but rather it's, um, an opportunity to be on mission for him. And I just, I pray that those women listening just really hear that. I think um, social media has not helped. I think it's painted this vision of um, there's cultural expectations now. I don't know that you have to be married this certain time. And it doesn't help when you see peers and friends that have gotten married and or engaged and birthing children. And it's not at the age that you are at, or it is at the age that you are at. And you're just, there's an internal struggle. So I would just ask one layer of application. Like it's inevitable. You will, um, you're not perfect. Right. So you'll, there, there will be days where you're like, Oh, I just wish, you know, I, yeah. I hear you, God, I honor the solitude and singleness, but I do long for like, what does it look like, um, in your longing? Like, what do you do to just help check your spirit that you believe God has you in this season for divine purpose? Like what's your posture of self-checking just so you don't go down the innocent rabbit hole of like, this isn't where I expected myself to be, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first of all, like I, I just have to secure myself in knowing that there are promised scripture that that God is a good father and good fathers know how to give their children good gifts. And for me, that just excites me. It excites me in all aspects of life, whether that be my unknown future in, in soccer or nursing or whatever is next. But it excites me about the season that, you know, that I might be married and I know that he knows my heart. But again, like, I think for me, just giving that to the Lord, he knows. And like I said before, he has really become just a sweet friend in this last season to the point where I can share those things. I can pray for my unknown future husband. Um, and I think like that even really helps you um just to like verbalize those in front of the lord and i know that god is up there thinking yeah no, just wait like in my whole life the lord has come through in unexpected ways and blown my socks off and this is a time that he's saying i need you to be insane so that i can fulfill this purpose for my kingdom then that is i trust that um, but yeah, it's like a, definitely a reminder, um, oh. cause there's, there's days I'm like, I just, you know, right about now. Yeah. It's, totally. No, it's I, I, but it's good. I think it's, it's, it's nice to know that you're human and you have a longing for something, um, that's so good, right? What that's the hard part. Sometimes when we long in our prayer life for something good, you're just like, oh, but why the waiting on it? But I love that you're just honest with us and saying, yeah, it's definitely a tension you sit in, but, um, the other realities, you're also living out your dream. Like you're playing a professional sport. So you just don't ever want to lose sight of the blessing and look for the next, you know? Um, I would love to know personally, what does it look like culturally in Spain? Is Jesus a thing? Um, are people talking about him? Are you 
do you feel like your evangelical hat is on frequently, like trying to educate and just teach teammates or even like locals? Like what is, yeah, what does it look like all things Jesus in a different country that being Spain? Yeah. So actually before I arrived to Spain, I was on Google looking up Christian churches because I knew just some stories of of past professional athletes, but that is so important, especially overseas, to find a community of believers. And I will tell you the first day I stepped into that church, tears were flowing down my face, worshiping in language at, you know, I didn't didn't know, but I knew we were worshiping Jesus. And like on the walls I saw, you know, I think it's Pan de Vida, like bread of life, or just like all those Prince of Peace in Spanish. And I just thought, how amazing I have brothers and sisters in Spain um I will say though like I haven't come across um in like just the realm of football I haven't come across many who do share my beliefs but I think one of the just like the like you said the evangelical hat for me is establishing relationships with my teammates that have opened the doors to those talks about the Lord and those questions, like, why do you believe that? Um, it's been a really, really cool thing. And I actually had the opportunity to go through scripture with one of my teammates. And we've just been learning together. And um, yeah, I think that's such like a, something that, like, as Christian women, sometimes I feel like we're pressured to, like, step forward with scripture right away. But I think like we were talking about before this. I think the first step towards someone should be in love and then can be in truth um, as you get to know them and build that trust and they start to wonder why you are the way you are. And so, yeah, it's been a really cool thing. Um, I would love to see more of it. And I am pursuing learning Spanish so that maybe that door can open a little more. <laughs> Yeah, I will tell you, um, there is something, I think two things, going on mission trips myself, um, when you're in a church service, a worship service, and you recognize the melody of the song, or you like can kind of understand like just the, just you can get the, like the, you understand like just the pulse in the room. That's like that everybody in that room is worshiping God, but you have no idea what they're saying. It is overwhelming. It is overwhelming because you're like, this is like my mini glimpse into heaven where like people of every tribe, nation, and tongue are coming together and it claiming the same God. It is, I've experienced it and it could bring me to tears because it's surreal. It is the most beautiful, humbling recognition of like, we in the West are not the only ones that know Jesus. Um, And I would beg to say at times the West's version of knowledge of Jesus and following Jesus is so soft compared to those of like in other countries. Um, so that's cool just cause I can relate. And I would, I would just challenge you and I'll stay on you, but, it, uh, learn the language because it's amazing when you can ask questions, you know, just simple, how are you doing? And they might come back at you with like a really long response. Um, but at least you're trying, it just shows the pursuit yeah. of another that's not like you. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, that's so cool. Well, I, I don't know what lies ahead of you professionally. Maybe you don't either, but I do pray you get another opportunity to return and just reinvest in the community that you've kind of been assigned to from soccer. Um, okay. Here's my last question. Um, you're young, right? Young, youngish. You might be like, Oh, I'm almost 30, but you're not, you're so young compared to me, at least I think. And I just think you've got an audience 
that does um, watch you. It's inevitable for better, or for worse. It's an assignment that you've been given in the realm of professional athletics. Um, for women listening, especially those that are in your similar season of life, like what would be your final dose of wisdom that you just want to share and just say, Hey, like before I close out my, um, time, like this is not time on earth time on this podcast. Like, what do you want to <laughs> say? What do you want to like, what would be something you just of the heart unscripted that you desire to share with the listening audience? I love that question. Um, there's so many things specifically being here in Spain. As I reflect, I'm like, okay, Lord, what have you taught me? And I think a lot of it might come later down the road. Um, one thing that I thought of as you were asking the question is that um, just diving into scripture and getting to know Jesus more, the more I get to know him, the more I realize what a sinner I am, which then again makes the cross that much bigger. And um, just in pursuit of wanting to you know, become more of the woman he has designed for me to be. Something that along this journey in Spain that I just keep in the back of my head when making daily decisions is does this honor the Lord? And I think if we apply that to everything we do or we say or we think, it is so it is such a convicting question. But for me, it's like, yeah, I want to honor him a hundred percent the best way I can. And um, I think like that, applying that, you know, to anything we're doing throughout the day is is how we can join him in that process of becoming um, who he has designed for us to be. And hopefully today we are more honoring to him than we were yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I um, Can you imagine and maybe easier for you right now, just because you don't have as many other people or distractions in your world, but like you can uphold that. Does it honor, like, does every post, does every conversation, does mm. every response to a victory, does everything you, not that I can't, but I just, you have the ability to almost like healthily inwardly look at how you're responding and acting and proclaiming, you know? Um, I think it's a brilliant question. I think and the reality is it's so interesting when you ask, like, does it honor God? Like we know so quickly, those of us that love Jesus, because, um, yeah, it's to your point, the, the longer you walk with him, the more, you know, him, the desire, you just understand who he is, his DNA, his character and what's godly and what's worldly. And I think what's neat is if you fail at the question, you didn't honor him in the moment. I just pray your posture is repentance right? Like, um, yeah. so the reality is you, you're, we're going to fail at honoring him daily, which is sad, but the reality we live in on this side of heaven, but the reciprocation is repentance. So I just think, um, having that question be at the forefront of your days. And then in the moments where you do fail, cause we all will just making sure that it's, you're quick to not negate the sin. You know, that's how we li literally get a little bit more like Jesus in all things that sanctification. But I think it's, uh, a great lasting thought. I, um, yeah, I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to write that down. I mean, not that I don't think that way, but I just, you forget it and I'm tangible, but I'm going to put it on a sticky in a couple places just to remember, we need to remember, you know, we really yeah. do. Um, you're awesome. Thank you so much for just sharing your life and your wisdom. It gives me so much encouragement for those women that are up and coming, trying to follow the way of Jesus. It's it is hard, but it's worth abstaining from what the world defines as life because it doesn't cut it, you know? 
um, at all. So um, thank you for sharing you. You're a gift. And um, yeah, this is a silly question, but if people like want to see you play, which is, and they're not in Spain, like, is this stuff televised? So if, like people are like, oh my gosh, I just, I want to like support her. Is there a way that we can support you just by, I don't know, follow, I don't, what's the, what's the rhythm to follow and support you from afar? Yeah, totally. Um, so my club is Zaragoza Football Feminino and all the updates are posted on Instagram. Um, there you our go. televised games, there it is. And um, yeah, and my name is cool. Madison Brown, if you yeah. want to follow along my journey too. Cool. And just what the awesome. Lord's doing. You're so great, Madison. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. listening to the Recalibrated Podcast with Mallory Brown. This podcast is part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories intersecting sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com.